0: Hello and welcome to season two of Gladiator Soundboard. My name is Melissa Pitsilakis and I'm the current Gower Foundation president. For our first episode of the season, we thought we'd like to hear from some different voices. And while we love hearing from Dr. Simon, uh, today we'll be speaking with the principals and assistant principals at Gower West and Gower Middle. With me is the Gower West team of Gina Rodewald and Melissa Capizzi and Tracy Murphy and Steve Prorock of Gower Middle. Uh, we're really lucky in our school district to have the depth and breadth of experience that our administrative team brings. Uh, Ms. Rodewald is in her 35th year and final year in education. She has been the principal at Gower West for 13 years and a principal overall for 24. Um, Prior to that She was a 2nd, 3rd, and 5th grade teacher. Um, The newest member to the Gower District team in her first year as assistant principal is Melissa Capizzi. Uh, Ms. Capizzi has been in education for 22 years, uh, starting as a 2nd grade teacher. Um, She's worked in school administration for the past 11, and we welcome you to the district. Uh, Next at Gower Middle is Tracy Murphy. Ms. Murphy has been in the education field for 30 years and a principal at Gower Middle for 12. She previously taught high school English and middle school language arts. And finally, uh, Steve Prorock is assistant principal at Gower Middle. Mr. Prorock has been in education for 15 years, 12 of them at Gower Middle, where he taught sixth, seventh and eighth grade ELA, social studies and was a reading specialist prior to becoming assistant principal. So thank you all for joining us tonight. Um, I'm excited for our conversation ahead. Um, so as we get started, our topics are really ab- about grounding us in what the Gower School District is all about. Um, and Gower's stated vision, and something we hear often, and we hear Dr. Simon say, is children at their best. So how do you, as an administrative team, foster that in classrooms and in the hallways every day?
1: I think it's all about um, just keeping the, our expectations high in every aspect of our school day. Um, not only in the classroom, but on the playground, um, in our specials areas. Um, just you know, focusing on good character, um, good mental health, physical health, um, and just fostering their interests. So that um, they can be the best they that their own person they can be, um, because I that to me that's the most important job we have is just allowing kids to be their best, whatever that may be.
2: I think it's too being very intentional about making sure every child has an adult they feel connected with within the school building. Um, middle school years are, are can be difficult. Um, you know, it can be an awkward time for students. And we're very intentional with that idea of children at their best at Gower Middle with making sure, and we even do some activities with our staff, looking at grade level lists of students and determining, does every student have an adult they're connected with? And if not, then who is going to be that child's person and how are they going to make sure they're being very intentional about connecting with that child and making sure that there is at least one person that is, you know, checking in on that, that student and making sure middle school is being a very positive experience.
3: Yeah. And to kind of piggyback off that, I think it's really important that for children to be at their best, we as adults have to come in and be our best too. So when I enter the building, it's important for me to be at my best. Now, I know that's not always going to be the case, but it's important for me to show the students that we value them, that we value them in everything that they do. Uh, So we really try to build that connection with them early on, that they feel like they have someone so they can see us at our best. And when it's not our best, it's okay. Like it's for them to know like it's right for us not to be at our best. That's going to happen, but it's really to have that, that connection with them.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the, the a key role that the adults play is, is being that model and, you know, self-improvement for themselves and celebrating what makes them unique and special. And then um, in turn, looking at the students and celebrating what makes them unique and special and where do they excel and helping them to develop themselves as learners across all the different spectrums of school.
0: That was great. Thank you. I know. um, So Gina, you mentioned in the beginning, um, just like that best can be different for different kids. Mm -hmm. How do you deliver or kind of see that message come through Um, in the classroom, or just, I know the social contracts are big, like, tell me more about what, how that best definition varies.
1: So, um, you know, one of the things uh, that Melissa and I talked about when we were kind of preparing uh, for tonight was the fact that in education, things have changed in the sense that um, everything is very personal, you know, for kids. Um, It's not a one-size-fits-all, here's the same assignment for every single student that comes through our doors. Um, we just look and, and we make sure that kids know that everybody gets what they need at Gower. At Gower. Um, and if you need to um, see this teacher or have this extra help or have this challenge or you know maybe you're not running as far or your drawing isn't as big. Um, we really focused on that a few years ago. And, and I know the teachers make a point of reviewing that every year. Um, we did an activity as a staff with the staff uh, about this, gosh, I don't know how, how long ago it was, but you know we, we said, we're all in the emergency room. And what would happen if the doctor put a Band-Aid on every single Injury or illness that came into the emergency room. So, we've used that example with students as well so that they understand oh, gosh, you know, everybody needs something different. Um, And I know sometimes when we meet with parents to um, talk to them about that something different that their kids might need, um, you know, the concern comes up. And it, it really isn't the way it used to it's definitely not the way it used to be when i was in school but it's really not the same uh, environment kids don't notice when kids have different things or go with different teachers and oftentimes they're saying hey can i go too um Mm -hmm. and i think that's a lot of hard work um you know from the staff and and uh, everyone that works in our building to make sure that kids know it's okay if you need something different. We're gonna get you where you you can go, where you can grow um, in in that year. That's great.
4: Yeah, and I think that personalization is also, you know, taking into account different kids' interests and talents, and letting them like showcase what they're good at, and then taking that and running with it to supplement things that they might not be as good in other aspects. You know. Um, whether that's, you know, they didn't have as much experience with letters and numbers before they came to kindergarten than their other kid, but they have a lot of self-help skills that another kid doesn't have. And how do you support each other and build this strong community and that all the kids come with really great things and we're all working on different um, parts of growing ourselves and that that's important
2: forever. Mm -hmm. And I think, to piggyback on that I think our staff learns that very early on you know it's not something that oh mid-year you decide you figure out what do these kids need I was working with a student today and teacher came in to share some information and was going over something and teacher said you know this part right here I don't want you to don't want you to do it the way it says here you know when you're back in my classroom we're going to talk through this together because I'll have a better understanding and you'll be able to show me In a better way, what you know, and you figure we've been in school what about a month? And you know, that to me right away, teacher, the the teacher had seen that doing it the way that it was, you know, presented on the piece of paper wasn't going to work best for that child. And it wasn't a big thing, it was just, nope, don't do it this way. We're going to talk about this tomorrow, and and you're going to walk me through it. And I see that, you know, I, I see that in the classrooms, you know, students may be working in a small group doing something different, and the kids don't think anything of it it's just oh well that's what they need right now i might need that type of thing next week
3: and especially um with our district the nice thing about being a small district like we have it's really nice because the fourth grade team fourth grade teachers are able to share with us so much great information by the time we have the fifth graders we don't necessarily know them yet but on day one we do in a sense know them. we have uh, an idea of okay what supports they need what do we need to do for win time how can we help them with enrichment we have a great idea already from the start that we get from Gower West. And that's the nice thing about how we work together and collaborate together is right from day one, we know, okay, what do we need to have in place to give them a great chance of success, which we already have. We're not starting from scratch. We have tons of information, even before they walk in our door, where we have a lot of teachers who have pictures of all the students in fifth grade, but they're trying to put a name to the face because they have information on them, but now they're trying to learn who they look like, uh, which really helps us.
0: Can you uh, tell everyone, for our listeners who don't know what WIN is? Can you tell everyone what that
3: is? Um, so, yeah, WIN is what I need. So, it's a we do it Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday in place of advisory, which advisory is more of our SEL place too, which that's changed drastically since I started education. SEL has been a big change, but WIN is what I need. And what we have is we have different groups. We use all of our teachers in the building where we have. Uh, a math intervention or win time. We have a reading time a writing time. Uh, We have an executive function time, which really is about organization, Uh, having a point person. That came from a staff member. That came from a Gower Mill staff member who said, hey, this is something that students need. Let's create this this class for them, which we did. And then we also have other like, not enrichment opportunities, but it's speech, current events. It's uh, SEL type stuff as well. We also have some uh, individual teacher projects that they're creating where, Day. It's kind of like, what can I do in an eight-week span to really give these students an engaging learning experience to like, take something different, which was like financial literacy, something that it's hard to fit into our schedule, but we had extra time that we're able to do that.
0: I love that. And I've I've heard you all kind of mention um, this has changed over, over time mm-hmm. or this has changed since I started teaching. Um, so can you tell me or talk a little bit more about kind of the changes you've noticed and what what's been implemented and how you really see that positively impacting
4: our students as we sort of talk about this personalization and um when Gina and I were talking and this is just something that I've even thought of just in my career that has changed so much is how technology has improved so much to allow us to do things for students that used to, either never be able to happen or were so complex. Um, You know, every day in the hallway, I see staff and students using the Say Hi app, which allows them to communicate in whatever language that they speak to an adult that might be speaking English back to them. And that allows students to be able to communicate at a level that they might not be able to communicate otherwise. That is huge in terms of feeling heard and accepted and included. I think about, um, you know, students who struggle to read and there's apps that can read for them. And, you know, the predictive writing and just all the things that exist that allow students to feel more success and have that personalized experience, not to mention all the curriculum that allows for, you know, online individualized personalization. I feel like it's the, the assistive technology that I think is really, um, really very dynamic um, and, and life-changing for kids and all of us, really.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. I know somebody mentioned earlier in a comment around SEL and how social emotional
2: learning is showing up more. Can somebody speak more to that? I think that when Steve and I, like Melissa and June, we were when we were prepping for this, a, a big change that we talked about, and I think on the SEL line, but the whole idea of the importance of building relational capacity with your students. And that wasn't something when I graduated and and first started teaching. Yes, you were you, you wanted to like students and you wanted to have a good relationship with them, but it wasn't the center of everything. And I think that piece, kids knowing that they're cared about, they're liked, um, is so important. And I I and I firmly believe when kids know you like them, it it's not going to make them always turn in their homework. It's not going to make them always remember a pencil for class. But I believe they are going to want to be a part of your classroom community because they feel like the educator they're working with likes them and values them. And I think that's a huge shift in education. And when, you know, we went through the CKH training many years ago, and that is the center of that is building strong relational capacities with the people that you surround yourself with. Um, I think, you know, greeting kids at the door, you know, what is coming into your space. And if a student is struggling You know that right away and you can pull them aside and say, hey, what's going on? And the, you know, sharing the positive things in our lives. um, Just I think that part of education is probably one of the most positive step forwards I've seen as far as just that those really, really strong relationships. And I think that's one of the many things that makes Gower such a special place that, you know, we put that at the forefront. And when I talk to other districts about it, they're doing things, but it's, I don't think it's always quite with the same intentionality. And you (laughs)
0: mentioned CKH, which is capturing kids' hearts, right? Right. And that's a very structured approach to Mm -hmm. SEL press. So I'm sorry. Steve, I cut
3: you I was going to say, and I think uh, another benefit with SEL, that might be o- often overlooked. Now is when I first started, we had one social worker. Uh, mm-hmm. She's amazing. She's still there. She's Gower. Like she does a phenomenal job. But now with like a lot of technology, social media, students are interacting in a different way than when I first started, where they're not really great with interactions face to face. There's a lot of things that come from that. So now with our district, what we've done, which I think is great, is we have two guidance counselors. So the guidance counselors that we have are able to help get to know the students. They go from fifth grade to sixth grade to seventh grade to eighth grade with them all the way through, and they lead uh, problem-solving meetings, um, so like where we talk about each individual student. We discuss how is the student connecting on a, on a social and emotional level, how are they academically. We have our, our guidance counselors looking at missing work, uh, the behavioral in the class where teachers keep checks of stuff like that, where that wasn't happening a decade ago. It was not the student wasn't the focus of we're trying to get to know the social, emotional piece of the student, try to help them out and help them grow and get better. Because it's okay to make a mistake, but we have to have people there to help them learn from those mistakes and to improve. And which I think now, you know, 10 years later, we have three amazing people now trying to help. In addition to all the great staff that we already have that have been doing it and been doing in their classroom. Now they have more support to go to people to help out, too.
1: One of the things that uh, Melissa and I also talked about w- was the fact that, uh, and this might be different um, with our little guys. Um, you know, we are really building uh, thinkers and problem solvers um, versus kind of the rote learning that I know I experienced. Um, you know, kids are having discussions in class, even at kindergarten. You know, turn and talk to your friend and tell them what you learned um, about being a good friend. Um, Turn and talk to your friend about what you think these two pictures have in common. Um, You know, they actually have to have some thoughts instead of just taking it all in and then, you know, in a few weeks, giving it all back to you. Um, And, you know, I, I think that was kind of back in the common core. That was really what the common core was all about. Because of course, yes, even though they're five and six, we wanna start building those thinkers and problem solvers so that when they are uh, you know, in the work workforce, they can do that there as well. Um, and sometimes I, I, I just love seeing uh, the kids working in that way because it's amazing because they have a lot to say and mm-hmm. they do have a lot in their heads um and they really do understand um a lot more than we think they do so that's been fun for me
4: yeah i was gonna say just this past like week and a half as i've been in classrooms i mean just the math conversations and they're trying to explain to their partner how they know and understand that the difference between 15 and seven is eight and um you know how they came to that conclusion and what their process of thinking was and you see how they're like well there's three you know if I started with seven there's three more till you get to 10 and then I know 10 to 15 is five and you know one kid knows it that way and another kid's like oh well I did a subtraction and this is how I did it and so just the the concept of there are so many different paths I think is a huge part of the, the learners that we're trying to create is that there isn't a one right way, because that's not what's necessary for them. When they're, you know, graduated from school, there isn't one right way. And we don't even know what the world is going to be. And then I loved this conversation that two little third graders had. So they were um, talking about key details. And, um, you know, one of the kids read what it said, and the other kid was like, huh, it's a really interesting fact, but I'm not sure if it really supports the main idea. And I'm like, yes, I love this. This is amazing, you know? And just the way they sort of like debated about that information and should we underline that or not, you know? It was just perfect. And that is such a great change that it isn't just about getting the right answer, it's a little bit about creating some academic discourse, uh-huh. even for the littles. That's
0: awesome. I know uh, Steve mentioned kind of that counselor support and the guidance counselor support at Middle. What does that look like at West? Um, is it similar or different or how does that work?
1: At West, we have two social workers. Um, and so um, they they kind of divide and conquer. Um, Ms. Breslin uh, works with mostly kindergarten first and second and um, mrs dasinger works with mainly second third and fourth um, and you know they they see children and support children in many different ways in the classroom um, in small groups uh, it may be in in a given situation um, they are working with teachers all the time to learn more about students and make sure that they are there giving them their social and emotional supports when needed. Um, we, have, we also have, well, we share a psychologist, Mrs. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the two buildings, um, and she is uh, she's in our building the majority of the week. Um, and she is also there to support SEL needs, um, although that is not the bulk of her, her role in our school district. Um, but she sees students um, preschool to fourth grade. So, um, you know, we have kind of the the same setup, just the titles of the people are a little bit different, (laughs) but they support the same things. Fantastic,
0: that's great. Those are really insightful answers. I love the example of the third graders. Um, I think that's that's great. Um, I think, um, you know, I'm sure you, you probably even, you know, might've felt this, you know, if your parents yourself, or, you know, as you've seen kids come through and as we kind of wrap up our conversation, um, I think that, you know, we, we being the bigger society feel kind of, there's this pressure for kids to perform, right? Whether that's academically or in sports and they need to do all the right things. Um, you know, what, you know, how do you approach that or or think about that as educators, um, when the kids feel it, when the parents feel it, um, you know, and and that, that can start in elementary, that feeling of that pressure. And, and are we doing all the right things from an academics perspective, curriculum perspective? Um, so I, I guess what advice, um, would you share, um, to the Gower parents out there who, who might be starting to feel that pressure a little bit?
3: I think it's important for parents to know that it's okay for children to make mistakes. It's okay to share that we make mistakes too, that a lot of learning happens from our mistakes. Uh So when we make a mistake, it's an opportunity for us to learn from it. And even being a parent, I have three kids, I want to control everything. I want them to be perfect, but that's not the reality. The reality of the situation is the kids have to know that it's okay to try something because what happens then is we're not willing to risk or take a chance on something because we're afraid of failure. And then that stops us from doing a lot of amazing things. So I think to the parents, it's important to know, like, hey, when a student makes a mistake or a son or daughter makes does something wrong, that is a learning opportunity for them. It's for us as educators in school and for parents at home to try to work through that with their kid, because it's not going to always be perfect. I wish it was, but... You know, learning as a parent, it's really hard when your kid gets injured for the first time and you're questioning what you did as a parent, like, was I not in the right spot? Was I not giving enough attention? Like, it's hard. But then you have to learn, like, that's going to happen. And it's, it's how you take that opportunity to help them learn from that.
2: And I think as a parent, too, give yourself some grace. I think, you know, all of us who are, and we're all parents on here, we are raising children in a time we didn't grow up in and i'm sure there are many grandparents saying yeah i'm happy you didn't grow up during that time <laughs> but we're trying to navigate through things you know that you know we didn't have you know the the internet and the the social media and the the things ready right there you know on a device in our hand very quickly when we were growing up and it was a different world and i think so often parents want everything to be perfect because that's what that's all you see you don't see we don't put our failures on Facebook or Instagram or you put what looks really good and I think giving yourself some grace and like Steve said failures is where we all learn and or mistakes are where we all learn we all made mistakes when we were kids and and our parents helped us you know picked us up and brushed us off and you know we learned from that and that I think that productive struggle is a good thing because we're all going to have those productive struggles you know, in our adult lives and learning how to work through those and that there are people there who have your back and will help you get through it. That's very key. But, but parents definitely give yourself a lot of grace. You're doing a great job and it's okay if things aren't perfect.
4: Yeah. And I was going to say, I feel like parents feel a lot of pressure to you know, have their children only feel good feelings. And you know what, the, the truth is, we're all going to have a time in our life where we're going to feel hard things. And I think that one of the greatest gifts as parents that we can give kids is how to support them to help them manage through the hard time, not to take it away. But to help them learn how to build the coping and the resilience and the, you know what, it's okay that you're upset about this. It's okay that this didn't work out the way you thought it was. You know, I understand why you're feeling this way, but, you know, we're gonna get through this and we're gonna get through this together. And then I think the other thing that is hard is the sort of keeping up, you know, stress Mm -hmm. of we got to do all the things. And I think that that's where, as a parent, you need to say, nope, this is too much for my kid. Or maybe one kid can handle it and another kid can't. And you need to just pick, I'm going to do one extra thing. And maybe I'm going to try all the different things. But for this month, we're just going to do t ball Mm-hmm. And then this month, we're just going to do dance. And we're not going to go four places a week because that's not good for everybody.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that, you know, because I, I feel like um, kids are over scheduled. I, I mean, my kids are much older and adults um, and, and uh, living their own lives. So we were not a part of the world with. 500 travel teams and you go every weekend to a new town to play a team. We just played regular old rec ball and you know went to the same place two nights two nights a week and played somebody else who also went to the same place two nights a week. Um, you know it's, it's okay to not uh, be involved in everything. Um, it's okay to come home and not do more math or more of uh, school work. Um, I know our teachers at at West have really uh, made a conscious effort to uh, reduce the amount of homework that kids have because kids are so incredibly um, scheduled that um, they're tired, they're tired. And so reading for 20 minutes is enough. you know, and, and, and when they're in first grade, remember it's first grade. It's not going to make or break them. It's not going to get them into the college of their choice, Twenty, you know, 16 mm-hmm. years down the road. It, 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 it's first grade, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and heck, even it's freshman year in high school, you know, my, my son, When I first came to Gower had a major um, health condition that um, required him to be out of school for um, a better part of a year. And um, when he went back, you know, we decided, no, we don't need to do the honors classes or the AP classes. And guess what? He's a teacher and he has a master's degree and he did just fine by taking general science when mm. he was a sophomore. So um, it doesn't have to be the ultimate for every single thing that your your student or your child does. Um, just sometimes it's really important for them to just be kids and have some time to create and imagine and um, relax without a screen. Yeah. <laughs> without a screen being I the the,
4: <laughs> <point>. <laughs> the key without. phrase there. <laughs> that <was good>. yes <laughs>
0: um well we we're at um the 30 minute mark everyone um this has been a very a wonderful conversation um I'm so glad um we had all four of you on at the mm-hmm. same time um I think hearing how you um kind of I don't want to say pass the baton between west and middle but there's <laughs> certainly this uh the back and forth and kind of um, helping our children grow from kindergarten all the way through eighth grade. um feeling this collective team and this collective um engagement and support um, is just really um really comforting as a parent. So thank you for your time today. Um and um with that, I'm gonna wrap up the inaugural episode of uh, season two. Um, our second episode is going to launch this winter. So if you're listening, Um, be on the lookout for that. We'll launch it on our Facebook and Instagram pages. And if you uh, haven't signed up for our newsletter, please do so. But thank you all for listening. And uh, we'll see you next time.